quarter to three movie podcast for John Wick 3 Parabellum. My name is Tom Chick, and I'm here with Christian Merlinski. We are Emya Giordani Jovanovic. Well done, Dave. Oh, and yeah, with good. a John Wick 3 Parabellum tagline, Kelly Wand. Finally, a movie where John Wick kills confused extras. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Wand, there's more. Yeah, go ahead. It's like an extra, his job it is to just get, and it's like they probably reuse him in all three movies and they just put a mask on him. So his job is to get his ass kicked. See, you it's call those extras, money. but they're, those are stuntmen. Like those, there's oh, a I difference. Know. Yeah. They're thrilled to be working this Exactly. Place. Yeah. I they're mean, doing that's their best of... work and everyone's like, yeah, keep making these. You're exactly. Like, right. Praising right. you. Yeah. So Kelly Wand, is there another tagline for John Wick 3 Parabellum? Finally, a movie where Ian McShane looks really high. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a dissertation on this one. Oh, you then is there a third John Wick 3 Parabellum tagline? Oh, yeah, the Deadwood. Uh, Halle Berry's Parabellum have got berries on them. <sighs> I know. I'm kind of with Dingus on that. I wrote it and I'm like, ah, well, Dingus will sigh. That'll be worth three cents. Is that the last one you're going to leave us with? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, in that case, Dingus. Close set. Don't spoil anything in John Wick 3 Parabellum. Tell the listeners the basics, and then we'll get into spoiler stuff. All right. Well, this week we saw John Wick colon chapter 3 dash or hyphen, as Kelly Wand prefers, Parabellum. Is it really called chapter 3? Yeah. Was was John Wick 2 called chapter 2? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it didn't have a title. Man, okay. the, The... Actually, the movie's also known as John Wick Chapter 3 or simply John Wick 3. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's the name of the chapter. Not the they're, they're chapters. Chapter, they're the, yeah, the, first John Wick didn't have, the first John Wick didn't have chapter nonsense, did it? No, that yeah, was a yeah. prologue. It was it? Cha- John Wick Chapter 1. Are you serious? At the time? I thought that was retroactive. Yeah, it's not like a New Hope kind of or a live yeah, I think it was. Nonsense. I thought it was like New Hope. Uh, I don't. I cannot speak to that, but I know it's known as. Uh, they're they're called chapters. I just feel that's kind of optimistic. Like Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Like when you start out a movie and yeah, you're not sure if it's going to be a franchise, you might want to not. The audience is like, I'll be the judge. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be the judge. <laughs> All right. So I'm that sorry to my... right, yes. sidetrack you. I love so, that okay. you. I love you that you say that it's optimistic because we have a writer in her named uh, Tony Carnavale who says that. Um, I'll say this for Chad. Most stuntmen can't make one entertaining, decent movie. He managed it with the first John Wick, but how did this become a franchise? That's what's funny about it to me, actually. It's such a weird... So anyway, uh, this is uh, uh, John Wick, colon, chapter three, uh, dash, hyphen, parabellum, a 2019 American neo-noir action thriller crime sequel movie about rules and consequences. Uh, it was directed by Chad Stahelski and written by Derek Kolstad, Shay Hatton, Chris Collins, and Mark Abrams. It stars Keanu Reeves, Ian McShane, Halle Berry, Mark Daskaskos, uh, Asia Kate Dillon, Angelica Houston, Saeed Tagmudi, and... Lance Reddick. This is a PG-13 movie, right? No, Tom. Should be. Oddly enough, John Wick colon chapter 3 dash hyphen parabellum is rated R. What? Yeah. 
for pervasive, strong violence and uh, some, some language. Kelly, one, do you feel there's anything else that the viewers should know about or listeners should know about before they go see this movie? I would caution parents. If my dad took me to this when I was 12, I think he was the best. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but I do caution those fathers uh, wary of just giving that advice to, that there's multiple improper uses of library books. <laughs> um, as Dingus said, there is some Angelica Houston and uh, adult situations. Uh, John Wick opened at number one, of course. It made $57 million. The, uh, <laughs> if you look at the numbers from John Wick, John Wick 2, John Wick 3, it's they kind a... of uh, double. Uh, like oh. The, the, oh, really? Yeah, like the first, double. That's the first one was a, was a $15 million opening. The second one was a $30 million opening. This one was 57, basically a $60 million opening. Yeah. So the next one's going to open at $120 million at this awesome. rate. I believe it. Yeah. On well, Metacritic, they doubling the budget, too. On Metacritic, the average rating from various reviews is 73, whereas on Rotten Tomatoes, 89% oh. of the reviews are positive. The CinemaScore folks who were pulled... They gave it an A, but they appended a minus to it. So Ooh. only A minus for you, John Wick 3. Maybe try a little harder next time. A uh, Kelly Wand, I would a like minus. you to now give me a John Wick <laughs> oh, Chapter 3 Parablopsis. That's what I would call a synopsis of this movie. I, the thing I'm starting to do, I'm trying to predict what you're going to say it is. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> And write it that way. Okay. So How'd you I was do? wrong. <laughs> I, I failed. I lost. What I had, what I thought you were going to say was John Wop Chapstress Throp Paparop Bella Sisops. <laughs> but I was totally. Yeah, you have scared. way too much confidence. I don't in know me. you at all, dude. Right. Yeah, that's. I'm yeah. just not capable of that. I just whiffed on it. I just misaimed it. Yeah, it that's. Like I, if, Baseball I, game, I just shot it backwards at the catcher. Yeah, I could no more do. I could no more come up with what you just said than I could uh, hit a home run in Major League Baseball. I can't even come up with what I said. Wow. <laughs> well, in that case, let's just cut straight to the substance of the John Wick 3 synopsis. Rock and roll. All right. John Wop, Chapstress, Throp, Papa Rop, Bella Sisops. John Wick, and I think his still nameless dog, trot through crowded Times Square while behind them on the Jumbotron. And in just normal news, John Wick! <laughs> he has 10 minutes till everyone in the world gets to try to kill him for $14 million due to someone named The Table who rules over us all. <laughs> Plot slightly similar to The Running Man, the novel, not the lamer movie uh, quite as much. Beside me, Naked Arnold's all, There's a movie? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Wink and dog get into a taxi. Take me to... That hotel that's in all these. Although I think I just came from there on foot. At the end of chapter two. Untitled. <laughs> Why'd I leave? The cabbie's all, okay, later. Mr. Wick. <laughs> I am Lance Reddick. For many years now, I have fulfilled my lifelong dream of greeting hotel guests for Ian McShane. And perhaps I, too, have formidable fighting ability. I need you to watch my dog off screen till later in the movie. Again. My character. I really cracked this in the writing room. 
I have to go to a library, and books give my dog the shits. It would be an honor, sir. Thank you for using the Five Star Continental Hotel as your personal kennel. With a blackboard, a bunch of old lady bookies surrounded by telegraphs and gumball machines and 1890s phones are all... Ten minutes till extras are allowed to get killed by John Wick. <laughs> as usual, only one at a time. In a hallway, Lawrence Fishburne tells some extras, Okay, everybody help John Wick. <laughs> I can't remember. I am the first two of these. The maid's all... Mm-mm. Oh, God. Yeah. I guess he makes black friends in this, all right? Lots of them. Later, in a library. We're closed, sir. Please, I have ten more minutes. PP69 dash question mark. She writes nothing on a slip of paper and hands it to him. Wake runs around, then just opens a book at random. An awesome stroke of luck, instead of pages and words inside, he finds a bunch of pirate coins and a gypsy cross and a pendant and a publicity still of Halle Berry from a uh, set of Gothica. <laughs> <laughs> That's what books used to have. But, um, suddenly a German homeless book enthusiast standing nearby is all, Well, Mr. John Vick, seems there is a spoon. Gary, tall white person whom I know vaguely, who wasn't in the other ones. 14 million, Mr. Vic. I've been ignoring you in this movies for several days now. <laughs> to quote the great man shortly before his finest battle, that is a heck of a lot of money, Jerry. By the way, I'm a traitor. Please, I still have six minutes, and I need to get more lore props out of a tanning bed on Wall Street. <laughs> Wow. The table is only a stickler for exact time when it is bad for you in this movie. <laughs> they giggle and engage in horseplay until Gary gets a book stuck in his mouth. Keenan tries to Heimlich maneuver it out, but he slips. Accidentally. So it's not really an R. Then he stares at us and considerately replaces the book on the shelf. I'm a good citizen. A guy comes in from the front desk with a slip of paper. Boy, I've been looking all over town for wins of winter. I uh, can't wait to see how it ends. Uh, let's see. PP69 question mark. What the? Sorry, I used that to keep my jewelry in. John Wick runs through an alley. A bum farting on garbage is all. City. Wait, now I get it. The notebook's a metaphor for the aging process. <laughs> Another bum beside him farting on the same garbage is all, Ha ah, ha, Mr. Wick, I'm actually a highly trained assassin. Uh, it's just my day job. Tick-tock, Mr. Wick, five minutes to go. Actually, I'm never in the movie again, but tick-tock. <laughs> Later in an old Asian man's unlit study. Damn, I seem to have stitched your hand to your belly button. Oh, well... <laughs> Uh, yeah, never mind. Now he's going to give up on doing that thing. <laughs> oh. Damn, I seem to have stitched your hand to your belly button. Well, at least you will not look out of place after a large meal. Now to stitch up your actual wound. 
Oh, sorry, we're out of time. Rules are rules. That will be $3,000 plus 78 cents deposit. Although you get half of that back. It's more rules that the table has come up with. In the blackboard room, the old woman's all, Okay, everybody gets to kill John Wick for $5 million in 14 seconds. I mean, uh, kill him. <laughs> By the way, uh, forget what I said a few seconds ago about being beholden to rules. There is medicine on the top shelf, though your other top. Uh, now, Mr. Wick, the table will know that I just said the words top shelf to you, so I need you to shoot me, but be careful not to hit my pancreas. Ow! Wait, Mr. Wick, it's not enough. One more, but be careful not to hit my scrot. Ow! <laughs> If they'll know you told me medicine was on the top shelf, won't they know you also told me to shoot you? <laughs> That's a good point. I guess you didn't need to shoot me. Ow! Oh, like Mr. Wick. Oh, please leave your insurance information on the laundry hamper. Oh. Side me, Mr. Glass is all. Classic Asian medical kid. <laughs> John Wick gets bored and goes to a knife museum. Suddenly, some Asian guys walk in and stare at him. Uh, something John Wick would say. Beside me, naked Arnold's all, Knife to see you! <laughs> I know, I thought he just did freezing humor, but now he's, he doesn't know what he is anymore. He's like a broken Terminator. <laughs> John Wick tricks them by tripping and falling through six or seven glass cabinets in a row with nothing in them. Then they stand in front of him one at a time while he kicks them. Then they belatedly notice there's a bunch of knives nearby, so they throw some at each other from three feet away. Not very well. Harar! Since one's bald, John Wick sticks a knife in his head until he loses interest. One extra thinks he's off screen and tries to get up and exit the scene, but John Wick finds the knife museum's one hatchet and hurls it into his head. Beside me, naked Arnold's all, If you need anything, just axe! <laughs> ah! oh, Osner leads over his seat in front of us next to Diggis. Would you shut the fuck up? I'm trying to watch John Wick. <laughs> Mr. Freeze would freeze your water bird with his magic freeze gun. Mr. White Indian Man, so when you drink your pee, it'll taste cold. Mr. Stoned Robin Hood, now Fandango away to your dream fields. I am the cybernetic governor here. You are a fucking choir boy next to me. That was awesome. You make some good points. I can't wait to see what this movie does next to try and top that knife fight. There's five minutes of a ballerina trying to dance on tiptoes. <laughs> Finally, the ballerina leaps across the stage and smashes through a glass cabinet with nothing in it. That was my little rewrite. From the loge seats, Angelica Houston's all, C-minus. Also, this is cheerleading class. Ballet is Thursdays. Please change outfits. <laughs> Hello, Angelica. You are my favorite witch of Eastwick. We should do a crossover. They go into a room and watch the ballerina take her toe off. Later, in a talking room. <laughs> well, Mr. Wick, as you know, 
the gypsy ballerina faction, and this is uh, <laughs> kind of like the guild in Dune. We help people transition to other location shoots off screen for the next battle sequence, but nice. <laughs> Passage! Uh. Ah, the vampire novel Tomchik ruined by observing that it was foolish. Ruined it for many. Yes, I am quite familiar with Passage. Stupid Tom saying things, reminding me after I read the book already. Why are you not say before I read book? <laughs> but do you have payment, John Wick, for the Passage book? John Wick raises his Halle Berry Gothica still. Oh, I mean... He raises his cigarettes from Constantine. Book! I mean, uh... <laughs> Side me naked, Arnold's all... A camel was designed by my committee. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Eventually, John Wick finds the plastic black crucifix with rosary beads on it that Angelica Houston collects, I guess. <laughs> she she breaks it in half. There, your ticket is torn. Yeah, now I have 26 of these. An extra sticks of brand in the fire till it's hot, then brands John Wick's back. Although for some reason in the middle, which is already unrecognizably purple with six other overlapping tattoos. <laughs> oh! Uh, Gary, I just wanted you to tear his ticket, not brand his skin with tramp stamp into a butterfly. You need to listen better. Barry. He's like that Barry guy. In the blackboard room... Except it's a woman named Angelica Houston. In the blackboard room, the old lady's all. The contract for John Wick is now zero million in 15 seconds. I mean, meanwhile, a short-haired woman with eyes walks around. (laughs) (laughs) All acts according to our lights. Short-haired woman with eyes walks around until she finds a pigeon coop co-op with Lawrence Fishburne standing near it. My name in this is the Adjudicator. I am not sure what my job title is. I'm a cross between Trinity and Hal. You somehow helped John Wick, possibly in a scene where Kelly was peeing. You now have five days to settle Kelly's affairs. Ha! Woman, you take a shot at the bar, boys. You better miss. Do you think that's air you're breathing? She storms off. Speaking of storms... Well, well. <laughs> well, well, John fucking wait. Hey, low, Helly. I mean, she shoots him. Some dogs walk up and lick his tattoos off. Roll over. No, Wick, I was talking to the dogs. Beside me, naked Arnold's all. Ha ha, Catwoman is dog person in this. Ha ha ha. I think he's a little ghosted. He throws some popcorn at Costner. Later in a room. <laughs> Fuck you, John Wick. I hate you. What's our backstory? Once upon a <laughs> time. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> I almost forgot. Then I remembered later. <laughs> hey, stop licking your balls. I was talking to you, John. <laughs> Howie, I found this brooch with your thumbprint in it in a library book. You owe me. 
An oath in these is unbreakable, except for the one I declined in the second movie that upset Tom. <laughs> Side me, Mr. Glass is all. Classic usage of unbreakable. <laughs> Damn it, Wick. I knew I should have cleaned that brooch before going to the library. Fuck. The maid's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> cleaning joke, I think. By the way, when you shot me, the bullet came out my back and ruined my Angelica Houston tattoo brand, so now I have to get another one. Shut up and stop sniffing my crotch. I was talking to the dog. John Wick and Halle Berry go to visit a comical Frenchman Arab who lives in a junkyard and also to hang out with him. Well, Mr. Wick, I think I am the French Arab version of the McShane character on whichever continent this is. We are fleshing out mythos. Uh, episode 8 style. Allie's all, I'm this continent's McShane. My dog room is my version of the continental. I never have a single hotel guest either, just like he and McShane. <laughs> Miss Berry, thank you for bringing all your dogs. If I'd known, I would not have sent Volkswagen. Character, I wish to present you with this crucifix. Uh, I mean this brooch. Uh. Ah, Mr. Wick, congratulations. Movie is now over. Miss Berry, I like your dog. May I have him? Now! Ah, forgive me. I do not realize I'm in a John Wick movie. He shoots Halle Berry's dog. Since they all look alike, I'm not sure if fatally. While Kanu and Halle stand in plain view and start shooting terrified extras with automatic weapons, their 16 dogs start also eating them. <laughs> ah, why aren't we shooting them? One dog climbs a wall while a guard watches him without interest, and the dog eats him. I lean over to naked Arnold and whisper, I predict Dingus says that wall has a political subtext. In last action hero, my character pretended to have an ex-wife who called all the time to henpeck me, so the other officers would think I was cool, and then I would put on an audio cassette labeled True and have it talk to my ex-wife. I was the toughest cop in L.A. Allie and Keanu and the dogs all shoot extras, but the extras are wearing turbans with squibs in them, like in Raiders, so headshot-wise, it's kind of subdued, except for the sounds of dogs chewing rubber props. Hard R. After one of the dogs jumps over a shark in slow motion, in a desert, Hallie's all, Well, I guess that was my only scene. Ah, I just drank all your water and left you my backwash. Suck it. I'm all still interested. <laughs> they shot your dog. Believe me, I get it. Charlize and I made Sweet November and Devil's Advocate. I call that undefeated. Hey, quit eating that cat shit. I'm talking to you, John. For fun, they have sex and she shoots him again. And then she gives him a new brooch that says Chapter 4 in it for him to stash in reading material. <laughs> Meanwhile, the adjudicator goes to Benny Hanna's and sits outside. <laughs> Yul Brenner's the sous chef. <laughs> wow. I want you to kill John Wick. My name is the adjudicator. I don't know what my job title is. At the tone, the time will be... Yul's all, okay. Meanwhile, in a desert tent. Ah, <laughs> uh, John Wick. I am a different Arabic caricature from before. Uh, Kelly, he's not racist, just very limited vocal repertoire. <laughs> wow. Please call me... The table. Yeah. 
I like to be known as him. First name, Coffee. Forgive me, I don't speak Arabic. Uh, I was speaking in English. What can he speak? Mr. Wick, I will end this ridiculously profitable franchise right now if you will kill John, I mean Ian McShane for me. <laughs> so many things to keep track of. So many balls in the air. So many writers. You'll write the crucifix scene, writer one. You'll write brooch. You tattoo. Anyway, yeah, Killian McShane, uh, his hotel overcharged me for towels. First, <laughs> I need the token of your intentions. Okay! John Wick picks up his uh, knife, starts to play mumbledy peg, then slips and badly injures himself. <laughs> oh! <laughs> he holds up his severed rig figure and offers it to the Arab guy. Beside me, Ian Holmes all, his finger! <laughs> Uh, thank you, John, uh, but I just meant handshake. Um, also, see, the ring just slides down the finger. You do not need to cut the whole finger off because the joint actually gets uh, wider as you go down. So might have helped if you cut just part of it off. Now, please, have some drinks over there at that other table on the very end. I call that my end table. The table's end table. You see? Anyway, no one will try to kill you now. The cod table is folded. John Wick flies back to America and decides to go to a mirror museum. Again. <laughs> Suddenly, Yul Brenner and his Asian friends walk up. They love mirrors. It's Asians. <laughs> oh, the table said... Sorry, John. I don't speak Arabic. John Wick tricks the Asians by killing them, although they wait for him to hurt them some more whenever he gets tired. <laughs> Beside me, naked Arnold's all... Johnny Newman Wick. Ha! <laughs> How is he getting drunker? <laughs> Naked Arnold nudges Mr. Glass sensually, but since this isn't a classic example of anything, Mr. Glass doesn't say anything. <laughs> Breaking the wheel. Kanu and Yul Britter get tired and stare at us. The adjudicator walks up. The table has decided to make you both sit near Lance Reddick for a few minutes. <laughs> Yul Brenner's all, hey man, just want to say, huge fan of your work, especially Dogstar, um, Dracula, <laughs> everything before River's Edge. Uh, my mother and I watch Parenthood every weekend. That's the one where uh, Randy Quaid's a cannibal, right? <laughs> Love it. She loves it. Hey, give me one Bill and Ted 3 spoiler. Come on. Is, is Carlin in it? Well, I learned life lessons, like in that one where water chases me on a motorcycle. Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> oh, you mean chain reaction? Mr. Wick, Mr. Brinner, the adjudicator will see you now. This is Lance Reddick, by the way. <laughs> Later in a room with lava lamp walls, McShane yawns at us and belches. Mr. McShane is refusing to leave the set. Mr. Wick, please shoot him. No, I like his character. I'm not going to kill Ian McShane. I guess I cut my finger off for nothing. Fine. The table will be sending its finest. John Wick hasn't already killed to come kill you. And Mr. Reddick, while Mr. McShane drinks and stares at us. This meeting will continue. She stares at them for a couple of minutes. This meeting is adjourned. She storms off. 
Braddock's all, well, Mr. Wick, it seems Halle Berry is not your only black friend in this film. <laughs> I lean over to Sandra Bullock and go, I like how these movies are their own thing, as opposed to, like, cruise control. In the movie, Keanu looks at us and goes, guns, lots of guns. <laughs> he clears his throat and steps carefully over a shark. John Wick gets a revolver to kill himself with, but someone interrupts him. That might have happened earlier. I don't remember. Then he and Lance Reddick walk through dark backlot sets that I guess constitute the hotel lobby. They giggle and shoot extras, but it takes a while because their targets are wearing scuba gear. Then they go back to the gun room and switch to 20 gauges. It is a good thing our opponents are wearing frogman masks that make it difficult for them to see us. Oh, John Wick. McShade sighs at us and drinks. Later, in another mirror museum... Damn it, John! Oh, I guess I learned not to bring a sushi chef hat to a shotgun fight. Beside me, Naked Arnold sits down at a piano, grins at me, and starts playing chopsticks. Ian McShade farts as the adjudicator walks up. Mr. McShane, the table has agreed to smear more blood on Mr. Wick's brooch in exchange for you shooting John Wick. McShane's all, okay. Wait, I need some lore clarification. Oh! McShane <laughs> shoots him. John Wick falls out a window, down a few stories, and onto a car. Beside me, Seth Rogen's all, nice! <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, my what God. A, what a journey. An extra walks up. Hey, John Wick's body's disappeared. Didn't see that coming. I guess we didn't look very far. The contract on John Wick has been table-sized. The brooch has been amuleted. This movie will now conclude almost. John Wick limps into a pigeon room with Lawrence Fishburne in it. I don't understand the plot of these. Oh. Fishburne's all. You and me. Part four versus ballerinas and lava lamps. Ready? Trinity and Michael from Lost and Jada Pinkett and Joe Pantoliano walk up. <laughs> the little one's mouse. The end. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was abrupt. Like like the end of John Wick 3. Uh, yeah, well, you know. I'm assuming that someone's listening to these all. They're binge listening. Well, Kelly Wan, before we, uh, before we let you uh, continue, tell us, tell us real quick... What's a movie better than John Wick, a movie not quite as John Wick, and in 20 words or less, what did you think? Uh, I like parts of it. I think it's good. I'm, I think it's funny these movies exist, and they seem to think it's funny these movies exist, but I, I like it more when John Wick's alone fighting, and he had too many friends in this. But the dogs, I mean, they're good. I like parts of it. I think it's worth seeing, and it's also a shark. It's like a live and let die. What's a movie that's better than this and a movie that's not quite as good? A better movie is John Wick 1, mm. um, and uh, I went with Awesome Bloodbaths as a theme, and my under is Faster with Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Wait, wow. this is – oh, no, you've done it backwards, Kelly Wand. No, I like this more than Faster because Faster is kind of slow except for the – he shoots one guy, and then he goes to the hospital to shoot him again because he didn't finish killing him. So they're in surgery. He comes into the hospital. I love that I like you described that. faster as kind of slow. Yeah, see, I know what I'm doing. And of it's like you do. fast, fast uh, six. Fast six is the slow one. But I like John Wick three. I, I just has issues that I think are pretty obvious to us all. It's funny that the lore just keeps getting more complicated. All right, you've exceeded your twenty words. Let's go all to right, Dingus. Sorry, we'll get sorry, back sorry. to you. Dingus, what's a movie better than this and a movie that's not quite as good? And what's your uh, your your takeaway overall? 
All right, my uh, over would be Atomic Blonde, um, which I watched again this week. Uh, for I think should, which what should be obvious reasons, um, because uh, is it Daniel or David Leach? I think it's David Leach. It's David Leach, uh, yeah. Uh, who started the uh, who started to direct with Chad, but then dropped out to do things like Atomic Blonde. Uh, under I would put the Game of Thrones finale, um, mainly because there's a dude in this movie who is also in Game of Thrones, and it made me think of that. I loved this, so there you go. Uh, my you over and under are movies with really cool combat dogs, uh, and it's not it's not rated by quality of the movie, but by the quality of the combat dogs. So uh, I like these dogs better than I, I didn't care for the movie much, but I loved in this movie three sequences and one actor. And we'll talk about those in a minute. So my my combat dog that's not quite as good as these two awesome dogs that Halle Berry had. Uh, I love the dog in Road Warrior, but he's a terrible combat dog because he can take on the gyro captain fella just fine, but when it comes to Lord Humongous's toadies, he just gets himself shot. So I feel like Halle Berry's dogs would have performed way better in Road Warrior. My over, because this dog just has so much personality and she's so integral to what's happening in the movie, uh, is one of Dingus' favorite dogs, and that's Sam in I Am Legend. Mm -hmm. So as far as dogs that can come along and be there in combat, these guys were great in John Wick 3. Not as good as Sam, but better than that cute little Road Warrior dog. So there's my over and under. Ah, nicely, nicely done. Yeah. Cuter than... Oh. So, uh, uh, yeah, so Dingus, you loved this. So I think Kelly and I are maybe getting a little uh, weary of the, the John Wick shtick. Uh, why does uh, this hold up for... Oh, no? Well, I'll watch part four. It's just... Uh, I don't know. I like John Wick when he's fighting by himself. Oh, okay. Like guest stars in John Wick. Okay. Uh, and there's a lot of lore stuff in this. There's a lot of lore, right, right. And that was part of what, what got me is I just I really feel like the lore feels forced. Uh, yeah, no, and that's I, interesting to me. I'm I'm curious about that because you know we have a writer in her named Ben Halliburton, who said that uh, he he found the last one to be too full of lore and too empty of characters, um, but he just loves the, the lore. I, he said the lore though in this, he, so much ink is spilled about rules and consequences, um, but we don't even know what John Wick wants. Uh, I love I, I love the lore in this, and one of the reasons you you know one of the reasons I love this is that uh, as I watched it, uh, I started to think about the three movies as being um, different different genres all, almost. I mean, the first one is clearly a revenge, uh, a thrilling revenge movie. The second is is almost a modern version of a western if you watch it again and kind of go through it and i and i watched it again of course i did um uh and this uh this almost had a comedic tone to it in places it was almost the comedy version of a john wick movie just that knife fight in the knife store it becomes like this slaughter comic version of John Wick. And I like how each one has a different sort of feel to it. And I loved the way that this movie developed. I mean, it it, it made me laugh throughout. And in 
a joyful way, not a derisive way. So that's one of the reasons I loved it. Uh, and I did love that knife fight. Like that, that is one of the three sequences. I, I loved the fight with the giant in the library. I loved the knife museum fight, yeah. and I loved the 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 bit with the dogs, which reminded me. And I don't say this uh, to criticize it. I say this with glee. It reminded me of an animal show at SeaWorld. Just just for uh, watching these cool dogs do tricks in the context of this shootout. Like I was just so delighted at that sequence. Um, even though it was ridiculous, like, like it was like an animal show. Uh, and well, look at the horse kicking. I mean, the horse kicking thing was ridiculous too. But the dogs, though, were such a like the dogs were kind of characters. The horse kicking was a that was cute. That that was that was fine. But the dogs were such a centerpiece of this whole sequence. And the sequence right. was all about how do we fold the dogs into a gunfight. And I it was a little ridiculous because. I mean, all the dogs did was they bit people on the crotch, and I guess they would tug on their sleeves and pant legs. Yeah. Uh, like in a real R-rated dog fight, these things would have been tearing people's throats out. Like that's what a that's right. what a real attack dog would do. But I didn't mind that they didn't do that because it it all feels at this point when I watch these movies, I'm just keenly aware that I'm just watching a bunch of stuntmen having fun, and that's fun. Right. So when they're having fun showing me an animal show like at SeaWorld, I love that. Uh, and part of right. my problem overall with it is I just feel that I can enjoy the, the fight sequences, but I just don't feel that they've got any meaningful context anymore. Uh, mm. So animal animal show from SeaWorld, great. Just give me stuff like that. Crazy fight with a big old giant, yeah. Fun and the comedic element you're talking about, Dingus, with the knife stuff, yeah, that was great. Um, but all of the stuff in the middle, just I, just, I don't care. And like it does nothing for burn. me. Like we're gonna reunite two Matrix characters. I think that the I think that the that dog stuff and the horse stuff. I mean, there's sort of a I don't know how you say it. Grand Guignol. Is that how you say it? Grand Guignol. It's Guignol. But I yeah. So I. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I I just I just felt like there there was that element of that weird. A horror show kind of a thing going on with the dogs, like uh, like tugging on uh, arms for a, an extended period of time, or going for crotches, uh, and in in the knife fight, the the knife just being thrown and landing right in his like right there in front of his crotch um, is why I think of this as more of a comedic John Wick than the others. It is. It is. You're right. The, the gore bit that's, that sort of stuck out for me because I thought it was weird. Um, it, and I, I love this kind of thing cause it's, it's shocking, but the, the close-up of the eye of the knife going into the eyeball, like that would yeah. be what I would describe yeah. as Grand Guignol. And whereas the dog stuff was just fun and playful. Uh, even the knife stuff with the exception of, Digging the they, eyeball into the poor guy's eyeball. That well, stuff was like playful. Too. That's, I mean, that's playful hatchet, to me too, though. Yeah. The hatchet being thrown is was bizarre to me. Anyway, go ahead, Tom. Yeah. No, so <laughs> I just I, like I'm with you in that I felt that they were comedic uh, and and that, that there was just a, that weird dark touch though where they did do super gory R-rated things to earn their R rating. Uh, but I. But playfully, it's a great. It's I didn't cute. think that knife in the eyeball was that playful. That was just like I weird. Did. Okay. I, Come on, that's something we haven't seen a John Wick movie before. You're supposed to be thinking. Mm, okay, I, I don't know. That'll Maybe be something I, fun to see in a John Wick movie. I, see I just my balls get popped by eye. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Just kind of, you know, when someone loses an eye, it's not fun in games anymore. Kelly Wand. What in a John Wick movie? Are you high? That's the rule. It's all fun in games till someone loses an eye. That's the rule. That's how I grew up, Kelly Wand. I don't know about you. Yeah. 
I think the little one's <laughs> name is Mouse, for starters. Um, yeah, I don't know. I agree with with Dingus that it was funny, and I was kind of I was laughing and enjoying the movie, so yeah. I can't root against it. Um, but I was a, a piece of me died when he said guns, lots of guns, because that was in the trailer. And I was like, oh, what? They're doing it's just so on the nose. Matrix I mean, call? I know. And what the fuck? And also, in in honesty, like the thing that bothers me the most about it isn't even that it's a stupid callback to a different branch. Like I hate that anyway. But like John Wick is better than the Matrix trilogy, and now they're they're. They're doing a callback to a lamer trilogy that's like two-thirds of its state. Wait, how is that a Matrix callback? Does he, is that what he says before the lobby fight? Yeah. Oh, the first one, yeah. Oh, man, I, I See, hate it even more now. See, my mom didn't know that either. Yeah, like, I hate it even more now. Well, and Fishburne's in it? That's just guys, too... That's how these guys all met. That's I mean, too. Yeah. I don't want to see that in my movie, though. Come on, what the fuck? Get your fucking. I know you. I know who you people are. You don't need to remind me. <laughs> it's Keanu Reeves shooting people. I mean, what the fuck? I just seems that's. It seems like a studio note they got. Like if they did that themselves, I I feel pity for them. Like, come on, man. Let's, everyone will be excited. And the audience well, I saw it with was really excited when they saw Fishburne. He doesn't do anything in it. And did he even help John Wick? Did I was. I was peeing a lot during this movie. I was drinking. He gave him a gun in the last movie, uh, which again I remember thinking that was silly because yeah, he was in the last movie and he gave him a gun with seven bullets, which is ridiculous because all the people he fights have guns. He can just pick up one of their guns. Right, right, Um, right. And he uses the seven bullets immediately. Yeah. In the the museum. I did to to this movie's credit. I did like this idea of this movie selling this idea of accountability because I really do have an issue with that in the first movie. Uh, and, and I like second. in this second movie. Sorry, right? Yep. Second movie. In the yeah. second movie. And in this movie, I did like the idea that you know, there's a huge organization. You're going to be held accountable for breaking the rules, and there needs to be rules and structure. But I was super disappointed that that just became a stand-in for a villain at the end. Oh, um, oh and, that's and also, a really good point, actually. I, I also that poor woman who was the adjudicator. I don't. I don't. I just didn't know what to make of her, and I thought she was kind of terrible. I felt awful. Well, we don't see her fight, so we go, oh, anyone who acts weird. Well, I don't think like, she's supposed to. I like, I, for it. I like what they were. I liked the idea of that, but I just thought the actress was. Just, uh, oh, it, was the, it was another Matrixy bad. thing. Like she acts like a, an agent. So you think the actress wasn't that good, but yeah. not the character. I love the so I when she first shows up and doesn't talk in the first scene, I was like, okay, this woman looks kind of freaky. She's not gonna have any dialogue. That's cool. Uh, yeah. But then she, I like, I don't mean to be like, like her voice just didn't sound. It really did sound like weird, like how, and it didn't go with I think the look they were trying to sell with her. Um, she just seemed too lightweight for that kind of part. Like it's the kind of part that you would get someone like Kate Blanchett to play or and, Carrie Ann Moss. Um, right. yeah, I can see yeah. Carrie Ann Moss doing it. Yeah. I mean, then she definitely that she had that that Matrix look, which I guess right. now that I think of it is is what they were doing. But see another one. That's three. What the fuck? It's John Wick, people. <laughs> so, but but I do want to say I uh this uh, Daniel DeCosco. What's his name? Thing is I'm gonna screw it up. Mark DeCosco. Mark DeCoscos. Man, I loved that guy. He was every bit as fascinating to me as Ruby Rose in the last movie. I loved yeah. that guy and just wanted more screen time with him. And I was really upset with John Wick in the first movie for not keeping his word. I'm upset with John Wick in this movie for being a total dick to that guy because that guy was awesome. Do you know where you've seen him before? I don't think I have. He's, yeah, I know he's from Hawaii <laughs> Five-0. I looked him up. But... Tom's always feeling bad for the villains. He's he's not a like villain Cersei though. Too. He's what? I, I think he was from Brotherhood of the Wolf. 
Oh, no, no, right, right. I mean, yeah, I, he was super younger, and, like, he was – yeah, I, I, but I don't remember that movie at all. Um, okay. I, I definitely remember him from that. But he's he's so much, like, more chill and cool in this. And just at that moment where, where he's, like – where he's just, like, man, it's so – that moment where he's, like uh, – I'm so glad to meet you. That, yeah. that he's so yeah. excited to meet him, and the the two thumbs up when he and he's dispatching all of his students, and the guy's still like, "Well, all right, you've done this. Uh, I've been looking forward to this." And uh, I I just love the way he played that part. And even his intro, like he is setting him apart, setting him as a foil for John Wick. Like he's yeah. a guy who runs a restaurant and has he loves his cats and he's feeding his cat uh, uh, sushi. Uh, right. yeah. Like I, I like him as a foil to John Wick, and he was a, the actor was fascinating. The characters that was written was fascinating, and I just it was really odd to me that John Wick was so respectful of those two henchmen that he fought, but was just really cruel to this guy because I think like Kelly was saying, I think the movie thought that this guy was a villain, and I didn't get that feeling about him cruel? at all. How do you think he was cruel to him? Oh, just at, just at the end, like, uh, you know, when the guy's sitting there dying and he says, I'll see you around, John, and John Wick says, I don't think you will. Like, he's, he, he dispatches him the way uh, you dispatch cool. a bad guy. If you recall the two oh. guys that he was fighting beforehand who were underlings, and I think those guys might have been – at any rate, the two guys he was fighting beforehand, he would give him a chance. He would let him rest. He would help him up. They would all give each other a break. There was a sense of camaraderie in that fight. But I feel like the movie wanted us to think that uh, Mark Dacascos' character w- was a villain, and I didn't think he was villainous at all. He was a guy doing a job, uh, and he was. But he, that is his job, though. It was his job, but how is that any different from the the two henchmen? That uh, I don't know the, that he was that cruel, though. Like, no, because he's definitely like it's that that whole fight. It's like the it's like the. The, all the gloves are off. History. We're going to be super extreme with each other. Uh, yeah, that whole fight was definitely – it had none of the sense of camaraderie that a lot of – that the previous fight had had. But maybe he knows him. Well, this is your Lena – this is your Lena Headey uh, dread uh, problem. And she was a psychopathic sadist. Well, no, my problem with that – I don't mind. <laughs> like, right, you – I don't – my whole problem with that is that uh, I think it's out of character for Judge Dredd. Like, because Judge Dredd is supposed to be an impassive judge. judge. Yeah. Right, but he doesn't do things out of cruelty, uh, and that well, the whole finale where he dispatches Mama at the end is just – I mean I'm not saying she didn't deserve it. She did. She's a terrible character, but it it betrays the idea of what Judge Dredd is, which is just no, an impos- heartbeat, impassive enforcement. controls the bomb. Nope, absolutely wrong. We've been over this, Kelly. There's no <laughs> plot point about that. Um, so that's, so it, that's, it, that's really an interesting take, actually, because I, I really loved his character, and I loved how um, how much humor he brought to the part yeah. and lightness and sort of love for what they were doing and this idea of, like, we could be friends in another world. Right. Uh, but John Wick is just too, too moving on to do that. It makes me wonder, how was he to uh... – was it Common? Who was the Uber assassin in the last movie? Didn't he kill Monica Bellucci? I think right, you're but, right. But he I also had Polly Common, yeah. Yeah, he had a he had a, a foil in the last movie who was a super assassin. Uh, and yeah, I don't... the knife in the heart or something. The guy in the tra- the black dude he... in, the, in the train station. Common, yeah, right? And right. he said, if you if you pull this out, you're going to die. Right. Right. Same thing. It's like a it's his it's his signature move. John Wick kills his. <laughs> It's part of the thing, Tom. It's, it's one of his many magical traits. 
Right. Move sure. Away. Yeah. Well. Something I like, you know, how I get really into uh, how a person's physique or psychology like affects their fighting style. Mm-hmm. I like that John Wick. He has long hair, which should be a liability, and they do grab it a few times. This, but I always notice that he's always using it as bait. Because whatever they take his hair, he takes advantage of their occupied hands somehow. <laughs> just opens up on them when they do I, it. I like his weird, his weird sort of stumbly way of walking. Yeah, well, he's tired, too, because the last movie happened right before this. So he's got all that. He's exhausted. We would well, that, that's one, that's something that uh, Chris Markinson, one of our writer-inners, said, is that he really uh, he was surprised that they started it pretty much right after Chapter 2 ended. Like yeah. maybe a couple of minutes later, and he sort of liked that they did that. How would you guys feel about that? It's an action movie thing, because the hero's facing wave after wave of guys who are fresh, in theory. So it's always like... But this movie stuff. starts right after that movie. It's There's no like... And he's been running with a dog, too. Interstitial. But he also had flights to Arabia to see Halle Berry. I was disappointed so, that too because I loved early on to get at your question thing is I loved how it just immediately dropped back into New York City and it really took it like you can tell when a movie is shooting in Vancouver or whatever and it's doubling for New York City and you can uh, tell in a movie like this or like Run All Night where they really got their you know they got the locations down and they shot in New York City yeah. so I loved the New York City location so once they go to whatever was passing for North Africa uh, I th- that felt like a, a a downward move to me. It felt like a step down. Uh, this idea of John Wick being globe trotting, like I'm, I'm intrigued by that. But you don't see the trotting. Like he's just there. Well, it also, it, it I feel like it peaked because those New York set pieces yeah, were just gorgeous, and they were, they were just thrilling. And you know, riding a horse through the streets of New York. Oh my God, that's that's great. Yeah. And how do you follow that? And I guess the dogs were cool. So when you end with this whole fight in a mirror museum stuff, like all of that, just I was just like I didn't, that couldn't compare to the cool stuff we'd been shown earlier. I thought. Yeah, um, it was kind of an Infinity War feeling. I was actually pretty annoyed by the uh, fight in the like the mirror kind of thing because that's directly from the other John Wick movie. Right uh, at the end with yeah. Ruby Rose. Right, exactly. Yeah. And where was that supposed to be, Dingus? Was that in the Continental? That's weird. No, no, that was in a museum. That was in the museum. It was in the like. It was like the uh, look into your soul exhibit of a museum. Okay. Okay. And and that's where he went to confront uh, the brother. Where do they go to see Monica Bellucci in the second one? Do they leave uh, the Italy? country? It that's is Italy. In, okay. That's in Rome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's part of the mythos. It's a worldwide. Because that also, I just remember that had, they used that to have fights in catacombs, and I'm just not right. sure what they did with this one. I, I mean, I guess the the open marketplace area with the dogs. Uh, and why? So is uh, Said Tamaguchi? What's his last name? Dingus. <laughs> what's the problem with Michael Jackson? <laughs> What'd you say? Isn't he the what's the problem with Michael Jackson yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah, that's Saeed Tugmui. Tugmui, right. Uh, the table? So is he the high – he's the elder? Because that guy didn't look a day over 40. Well, you know, that's yeah. the fun thing about so it. So well, he's like one a of the things either. I love about the lore of this movie. Yeah. It's, is this some guy young... hanging out in a tent in North Africa is basically running the world? Yeah, and I kind of like that. I agree with Dingus. All right. I like that for some reason. I guess I was just you, you would expect. It's a little subverting, and the guy seems 
though he plays it interestingly like he's like he doesn't even care that much like he's a he's an heir i don't know i mean i, like I don't it. know the actor so he i just, didn't, I didn't he just bring feels, baggage. it feels like he's moving chess pieces and that's what i love about this m- movie it feels like uh yeah, that that chess pieces are being moved and i know you you're not a big fan of the game of chess tone um not. but uh, no, I can't stand it. But Tom I hates chess. Chess is boring. Yeah, who wants to play chess? What? I like I like metaphorical chess. So I like where Dingus is going with this. Just actual chess. Pfft, who cares? Yeah, I just I just love the idea of <laughs> of the world being moved in this way as like a cabin in the woods, kind of like this weird Rubik's Rubik's cube chess piece kind of simulation thing, and that uh, and that this guy. Is just well. I'm gonna just move you over here, and okay, fine. I'll I'll give you back your life if you do this for me. Right. And then it yep. ends up, as Kelly said, he cuts his finger off for nothing, though, right? Right. Yeah. All right. Nice move, John. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, it's in tactics and flipping yeah, somebody ins- off. <laughs> and then McShane flips on him instantly. How did you guys feel about that? Um. By that little... point. Everything in the movie seems completely random. So I'm like, oh, all right. He's going to fight him now. Cool. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> Dingus, how did but that work for you? The, 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 the twist at the end. How did that work for you? Uh, I wasn't completely sure that it was real. It felt a little bit like they were effing with us. That Ian McShane and John Wick were still sort of... And Reddick's his buddy. I didn't so quite get Reddick. it. So do you, do you think that it, like if there's another John Wick, which I presume there will be, that, that there will be a reveal like, haha, we were just kidding? Yeah, that's oh. kind of – that's why he can disappear so easily that that he didn't really shoot him in the head. I mean he – Ian McShane uh, did seem pretty unfazed that his body wasn't there when the adjudicator tells him. Right. Yeah, but he seemed unfazed. And, and the adjudicator is saying if this is – what I think it is, you're in big trouble, but okay for now. Um, and it seemed like that that was. It seemed to me that uh, the Ian McShane shooting John Wick thing was kind of faked. Uh, but I could be totally wrong about that. Well, it also like I I wrote in my notes uh, he can't come back from that after the you know he gets shot and then bounces off of the oh, wall. You wrote that. I did write, he can't come back from that. Because, I mean, they're showing it. Like, I think the point of showing that was to show how extreme it was. To show his body, like, flopping down 10 stories or whatever. John Wick can't fall 10 stories. I mean, I guess he can. But I just remember thinking, oh, did they actually kill John Wick? And nope, they, I'm, I'm a sucker for thinking that, yeah. I didn't well, think that, but I well, thought what Dingus is saying. I thought that it was a scam. Well, and we just a lot of find that out. There's a lot of stuff in this world that isn't this world that is in our world i mean there's a, kind of a doppelganger kind of thing going on and there's what? Weird... <laughs> oh, God. It, there's there's weird stuff going on that that means that the the rules of our world don't necessarily apply to that world where and when that's... you see a guy shot at point blank and he falls ten stories like that, yeah. that to yeah, me is that that to me goes beyond the point of like an alternate reality because I get what you're saying, Dingus. This is a world yeah. where every clock is synchronized down to the second. 
This is a world where they use these old 80 computers, 80s computers and these tatted up old ladies right. uh, in the room. Like I love that stuff and I'm okay with all of that. But to, to then say, oh, your character's basically invincible, to then show me this super dire fate and then, oh, nope, he's fine. So I guess, I mean, I guess he's more battered than normal. Um, I, I don't yeah. know. If if we're doing this idea that it is a fake out, what because I, alive, Tom? I would like to think that, yes, now Ian McShane, because that all makes sense to me, by the way. Uh, Ian McShane and uh, uh, Larry Fishburne broke the rules. They violated the terms that they have, had agreed to, and they mm -hmm. had, they're being held accountable for it. Larry Fishburne, by being killed because he refused to step down. Ian McShane uh, is going to be removed from his, his job at the Continental. Um, so, like, I like this idea that Ian McShane, desperately trying to hold on to his job at the Continental, did this show of strength, as the adjudicator accused him of, and then, after that show of strength, as a good faith measure to the table, kills John Wick. Like, I like this idea of playing with rules and consequences in a structure like that. If they're just uh. jerking around the, 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 the high table as well as us, the audience, I'm, I'm just going to throw my hands up and say, okay, you guys are going to do whatever you want. But if they're really playing with this, this world where there are rules and consequences, which is what they would have you think, then I yeah. like this final twist. Like, I, I like the way that uh. plays out. Because uh, it makes it sense to me. It reminds me of a uh, payback a little bit. Sure. In the Richard Stark books, there's one where he goes, he, he just takes on the whole outfit and winds up like he, he takes on the whole world. But it's not just him holding on to his job. It's him holding on to what he calls a kingdom, I think. Right, right. No, no, yeah. yeah. Right. And or same with Lawrence Fishburne. I mean, they're talking about right. kingdoms. Yep. But but uh, right. But here's the thing that like kingdoms like there's a there's a whole system here, and if they break the rules, they must know that they're going to lose their kingdoms, that they're going to lose their position. You know, there's a lot of I think the, the word is the word fealty used in this a few times. But, oh, several times. Yeah. yeah so I'm yeah. thinking, what movie did I see recently where the word fealty kept being rolled out, and it must have been John Wick. Um. So the, the terms, they understand the terms. These aren't dumb people. You don't run a kingdom by playing fast and loose with the rules. Uh, so I like the idea that Ian McShane's character, in a moment of weakness, helped John Wick, and this is his way of getting around that so he can hold on to his kingdom. Uh, and even Larry yeah. Fishburne, he was just, you know, he for whatever, I think he made a terrible choice, but he's going to be killed before he will release his hold on his kingdom. Um so you, I, I hope you, we're not getting jerked around. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. But you advance your kingdom by restructuring the rules and creating your own rules. No, you don't. Uh, <laughs> the wheel. <laughs> that's yeah. what – that's what – no, you, you, you advance your kingdom by working your way through the rules. You don't break – I mean – You have like, to. I mean if, why? if the table runs the entire universe – Right. And he's going to war with them. Right. Then he has to break the rules of their of their their rules. He has to break those rules. I mean, that's why required. does he have to go to war with them, though? Well, that's what he's doing. He's gone to war with them. Well, he goes well, to war with them because they're coming for his job because he helped John Wick, right? Like it's he not didn't just choose. His job, it's his kingdom. I mean, he's. I mean, the the Continental isn't just his. Right, job. but he didn't choose to go to war with the High Table. He chose to help John Wick, and then the High uh, Table okay. came to him and says, "You made a bad call. I'm here to adjudicate on this. Do you have anything to say?" And then when she does adjudicate, the decision is, "You have to step down." Uh, he. I don't think that Ian McShane intends to actually – like if Ian McShane's goal is to somehow break loose and declare independence from the high table and create his own thing, we're not privy to that. Uh, not yet. 
I think that's what he's actually doing. I think he's. I think well, it's I don't clear that that's what he's doing. You he's, might, but I don't think there's textual support for that, Dingus. Oh, all right. Uh, and 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 that's why I, you know if that's the way it works out, I don't know if they if they want to sell me on that, that's fine. But I like the way that they ended this up in the context of their story about rules and consequences. Oh, uh, okay, I see. Well, and also even the one you don't like, Tom, and the second one, mm-hmm. I saw that as. He knew what was going to happen, and he was daring them kind of like, like okay, I'm going to renege, do what you want, because he didn't. He couldn't have been dumb enough to think they're going to let him. You know what? I think it all gets down uh, to yeah, you that's guys. A good point, yeah. I think it all comes down to the fact that I, I think I'm on the side of the high table because John Wick. Wow. He broke the Just rule like the Iron first Man. time. Totally well, that, Iron Man. I'm totally team Tom high. John Wick too, yeah. I am team high Tom table on this. On the, Tom is always on the side of the institutions. I, I am. I am team high table. John Wick, if he just lived up to his uh, obligation in the second movie, none of this would happen. You're always wrong. Well, what <laughs> institution's the problem? What if the high table is corrupt? I will always fight. Well, is there? that's the thing. Is there any textual support for the high table being corrupt? And and that's kind of what I admire about the movies is I don't think it's painting think it it's that way. That. I mean, having Saeed uh, Tamugi Tag. Mui, I think, having him Mui, as yeah. the uh, as the elder, like he's a sympathetic character. He's not a mustache twirling. The villain. only monkey wrench in the system we know about is John Wick. Right. Well, even even the adjudicator, like she's uh, she's just all business. She's just totally lawful neutral. She, there's no malice yeah. in what she's doing. Uh, I don't think we're think to, we're supposed to think of the high table as corrupt. Uh, the worst actress is your emissary. Tom <laughs> <laughs> <Bob> loses. <laughs> But I think we're I, I think we're just supposed to agree with John Wick because he's the lead character and everybody loves Keanu Reeves. Uh, yeah, and, but I think here's the thing. I think uh-huh. these writers are kind of noobs, but they yeah. they can't believe this either, and so they're kind of winging it as best they can. <laughs> right. It which was is why I, when they started. And, and which is why I think you guys are probably absolutely right when the next movie is going to open. It's going to be Ian McShane and and Larry Fishburne and Keanu Reeves having pulled over a scam on the high table. Yeah. Which sounds boring as shit, really. But I there's no other re- – like if you're going to keep having them in the movie and he's got to use them for something else, like it's just a narrative challenge. Well, I disagree with you that it's boring as shit because I like the I like how this – how these movies are uh, – have success – have successively drilled down. Uh, so the first movie was – again, what I said was – just basically a revenge thriller with this Russian mafia thing. And then the second movie had this, like, wait, there's this other layer, and the Continental is all throughout. I mean, I would love, and I've said this before, I would love a television show, basically, of the Continental. Uh, just just regular, like, Continental stuff going on. Uh, and then this movie even makes it, even drills down deeper. As as we get like under the high table, everything's under the table. Uh, I I love that idea. Um, I like I, it. It has a very Illuminati kind of feel to uh, it. Yes, yes. Uh, right. And I I like the idea of uh, of John Wick being that subversive character who says, "Okay, uh, I'm going to blow this whole thing up." in the consequences rules and consequences be damned oh, and I, so I, team high table 
Mad Queen. <laughs> no, I, I love I love the idea of John Wick finding out that they're a, a completely corrupt corporation. But they're not. There's no no. There's no internal support for that. That is not part of the universe that we've been introduced to, introduced to. If you want to think that, that's fine. But that's entirely on you. Like I can't think of anything. And he worked for them, and they haven't changed since. I mean, how it, can you say it's not? That's not. Well, what do they do that's corrupt? They, I mean, what what do they do that's corrupt? I'm being completely honest they, here. Like, why why would the high table guys be the bad guys? Because they oversee killing of numerous people for money. But aren't, aren't we supposed for to think that these coins. are yeah? That's these not are, corrupt though. Aren't we they're supposed to think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. They're 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 criminal enterprise, but they're 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 that's corrupt. They're doing this for eh. wait, g- giving gold coins to have people assassinated isn't that's corrupt. Not, corrupt. not it, it no, basically, not Dingus. If your it's job, just, if you're if you're company's work is assassination and you're doing it successfully the fact that assassination is illegal doesn't necessarily make you corrupt like corrupt to me would mean there's somebody getting personal gain from it or there's somebody who's exploiting their labor like it it seems like a fair exchange of services for payment nepotism uh yeah yeah like there would be people who aren't qualified who are the leaders um so, like you're, Trump- Dingus, I agree with you, illegal, and I guess if you wanted to say that's corrupt, but John Wick, our hero, is a member of this. And so the right. perspective of the movie is that this organization for whom John Wick worked is honorable. They did right by John Wick. They're not doing anything contrary to their nature. They're not doing, like Kelly's saying, it's not all nepotism. They're not doing things for personal gain. They're a, they're a, like, they're oh, a smoothly okay. oiled well-working machine. They're like uh, Jaws the Shark. So they have alien a, the you're alien. saying that they, they work by a code, therefore they are not corrupt. Co- I'm saying yeah. that they're true to that code. Yes, I'm saying that their code, that there's a sense of honor and that they are true Bushido. to that code. And that when somebody breaks the code, I would say that's more corruption than anything right. done by that's the people I, yeah. who are handing down the code. Um, but that's, it, what it is, Dingus, and I just it, accept that. Like, well, okay, well it's about here's a what it is: influence we're rooting no, for. Well, it, it really it, it's it's all about it's all about bucking authority, right? Rooting I mean, that's virus. what that's what everybody wants to do, and that's what these fantasies are generally about: is about bucking authority. Yeah. But I look at this universe that they've created, and I don't see any reason beyond bucking authority for bucking's sake. For doing that, like there's nothing in this universe that says this authority is bad or wrong or abusive or exploitative, uh, or worse than any other system. Right, right. And exactly. By the way, yeah. I thought when I saw this movie, or when I when the last movie ended, I thought the plot was going to be that everyone, like the crowds John Wick yeah. was running through, were all going to turn on him, and like everyone in the world was going to be trying to kill John Wick. And I thought that's what the Chapter Three was going to be was John I Wick, think you, like the solipsistic horror movie, where right, right. one person fighting the entire planet, right. Like, and and I think that was that was the what they were teasing towards, but that's kind of yeah, uh, un, not, that, that's unsupportable. I think. I mean, I would have loved to have seen that Kelly Wand. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. That's what the Running Man is. Kind well, of. it started that way. I mean, yeah. The end of the uh, end of the last movie, uh, Ian McShane like has this moment in the square where everybody stops. Right. What and movie they, were we watching? Where right, somebody's right. in a restaurant, and as soon as two people leave the restaurant, all the people are in on some conspiracy. Do you guys know what it's I'm talking uh, about? It's a glass. Oh my God, you're right. Ugh. 
know, right? Classic glass. Classic John Wick. That's right. It was the cabal to control the superheroes. Oh my god, I can't believe I remembered that. Jeez. But the stuff Dingus is talking about isn't stuff that John Wick would consider corrupt, or Lawrence Fishburne's character, or right, right, right. Well. Lawrence Fishburne is fighting against the system. I mean, this is fight the power. That I get. And I even get the idea that they just don't like having a boss. Like, that to me is their motivation as far as I've been shown. They're just like, fuck it. Fuck you. Fuck you. Every, like, yeah, I no, gave a gun to not, John Wick because I felt like it. <laughs> yeah, it's, I not, you're coming. it's not I don't like having a boss. It's that I am the, I am the king. I mean, that's what. That's the same the, thing. That's what the Bowery thing is. That to yeah. me, Dingus, like that, that makes it even less sympathetic. Like that, that's like person. That's cult of personality fine. stuff. Uh, Which is totally like I don't need sympathetic heroes. In my no, 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 no. I'm saying right, right. I'm not all. saying I'm not saying it's it makes crazy. it better or worse. I'm just saying that that's even uh, that makes Larry Fishburne, I think, even more of a bad guy in a way. Like he's well, like I just I just so somebody right, right, trying right, to usurp right. the throne. Exactly. Well, he hasn't been given his motivation. But he well, I do like the idea that. that that whole Bowery element is is kind of different because they're the they're the the seedy underworld. They're the have-nots. Um, I, I kind of oh, like the war. idea that they want to play by different rules. But the whole stuff with the Continental and it's an Arabic table. The yeah. upper echelons. Yeah. That's the man, Tom. The Arab <laughs> who, guy. So who was killed ha- Arabs? Who was Halle Berry? She was the Ian McShane of that continent. And that was their, their that was the, her continental. And do we, so they're they're just implying Wait, she's on Moroccan Ian McShane. Yeah, unless they're not in Morocco for the Halle Berry part. She's some, she's wherever they are is Ian McShane. And, and what's their, she doesn't have a Lance Reddick. So that's what, uh, I guess Chris, the dog's the Lance Reddick. Chris Markinson wants to know how you guys feel about the Moroccan trip. Ah, it's got the dog part, and I'm kind of on board the movie at that point, but it's less good than what came before it. I was nervous when I, I started hearing the word uh, Casablanca. Right. <laughs> and she, yeah, they have a, and she, she yeah, I don't know. It's like Raiders, too. Well, that, so that's what I want to know, is are we supposed to know anything about their backstory? Or their, back, their past they, relationship? Did they have sex in the movie off screen? Have they ever had sex? Well, he saved her daughter. There's this weird right. sort of thing that went on that he saved okay. her daughter and she won't ever Kill want to Bill. know her daughter. Oh, is. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, that's enough for me. I don't care. And, that, and that's <laughs> – I, I kind of like little mysteries like that. Right. Uh, yeah. uh, is there anything those, too I love harsh. those dogs, by the way. The way they, like, yeah. and the and the way she says, "said I'm talking to you," uh, I I did like I love that. And they were I mean, armored. I love that kind of stuff. They had armor and they were holster dogs and yeah, those yeah, dogs were great. Holster. The the gun in the dog's uh, holster was, that was awesome. Great. Yeah. And I'm even okay with this idea that that uh, Jerome Flint, what's that guy's name? That the guy from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, just decided, like, yeah, give me one of the dogs, and and she's like, no, like I like this idea that he's yeah. doing that as a way to to express dominance over her, and that's like a step too far for her. So fuck it, yeah. we're gonna kill all of them. <laughs> like, I See? love that consequences. And yeah, and, and I, I like I, watching I, her shoot people. I like Halle Berry's. I loved I loved him going, telling her don't do that, and then him saying I get it. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kill my dog. I get yeah. it. Yeah. See now it kind of makes them romantic. Like yeah, you. 
They did that. To, they did that to me. See, we should have sex. <laughs> but that was the Russian mafia, though. That was a bunch of thugs. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't right. Jerome Flynn. But you would have to think, boundary. like, we're gonna shoot a dog in front of John Wick. Like, even that's risky. Right. Like, <laughs> you guys should have heard about what happens. <laughs> yeah. The whole world. I can understand in the rover. You might not understand that's Guy Pierce's deal. You hadn't heard, but yeah. John Wick, you should know. Hey, it's on a dog. I mean, even Angelica Houston knew it was for a puppy. Like that. Was... Right. <laughs> <laughs> Although I didn't like his response to that because it, it was more than just a puppy. But I guess he's talking about the puppy because I want it to be like, yeah, it was about a puppy. Like, that's what you should have said, fucker. I, oh, yeah, I know there was motivation. I, I guess he's saying, no, it was because it was my ex-girlfriend's puppy. I think that's what that's what he's Right, saying. I mean, that's the subtext. I mean, I, I'm not crazy about a lot of the dialogue here. Like, it got the job done mostly, Lots, but there were some real clunkers. Like, if, at a certain point, uh, Keanu Reeves says to Halle Berry, so after this, we're even, right? And she says, no, after this, we're, we're less, less than even. Than even. That yeah. doesn't mean what anything. The they just say, after mean? this, you owe yeah. me. No, don't say we're less than even. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, she says it really like, I'm going gonna, gonna to fucking annihilate this line. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, every time I saw that line, I saw this twice, I was like, what does that even mean? What right. does that line mean? <laughs> less than even. I did not take Kiernan. No. Here's another no, I one I hated, Kiernan. and and this they should know better. They've done this is their third of these movies. When uh, Ian McShane says, "Okay, let's have you do what you do best," you don't need to say anything more. You don't need Keanu Reeves to ask, "What is that?" And then have <laughs> Ian McShane answer, "Hunt." No, that's not what you do uh, yeah, best. Yeah, you have yeah, you have shootouts. Yeah. That's what's best. Just stop the line and go do what you do best. The audience knows what that means. We don't have to set up. He's that he's hunting. Oh God. Just stop talking when and fight. He goes, oh, it's John Wick versus everybody. I'd say the odds are about even. <laughs> I'm okay with that because that's that that's, right. a, that's like a it's a throwaway one-liner. It's super easy. Yeah. It's, 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 it's got charm. It doesn't but, have the word hunt in it. Oh, God. Yeah, John, so right. John Wick hunts, really. That's hunt. real. He hunts best, Tom. He's a hunter. <laughs> he's, been, he's been hunting all these movies. How did you guys feel about the twist at the end where – well, the – that uh, and I think this is like a what a, a stuntman brings to the table when they talk about how to do the different scenes. The the twist that now he's fighting heavily armored guys. How did that work for you guys? I liked it because they switched weapons for it. It was kind of good. I liked it. Uh, so Ben Halliburton says the bulletproof soldiers that have to be shot in the neck is the worst, but the <laughs> Casablanca fight. Uh, where a leaping dog saves our hero 10,000 times is almost as bad. So the I kind of liked it. it I don't know. Um, it kind of felt like leveling up. Uh, a leveling up in a video game where like you have to you have to have more and more firepower to be able to kill your enemy. Yep. Um, I felt a familiarity thing. And oh, so, shotgun, bro. so unlike the Red Circle Club, where John Wick can just shoot everybody in the head and run around, uh, he has to waste a lot more ammo and work harder to kill these enemies. I kind of liked it, actually. It, it felt like more of our, an obstacle. I, if I hadn't broken up with the movie by that point, Dingus, I would completely be with you. Because I do think it was like stuntmen saying, okay, 
we're just going to make basically now everyone's got twice as many hit points so yeah, yeah. it can't just be a quick headshot and we're done we're going to sort of raise the stakes like i i like that in very a lot differently yeah. Uh, right, right. Well, they, well, yeah. They have to do the choreography differently. Exactly, Kelly. Right, right. Um, so it's got to be sort of more insistent, and he's got to like shoot them more often. Uh, I liked Reddick too. I don't know. Ah, uh, oh, come on, let's Reddick. Yeah, well, I like in Reddick. theory, but I, he obviously is not quite up to the stuntman level that Keanu Reeves. I just felt like they had to edit around him a lot, and I felt bad for him. Uh, ah, it's Lance Reddick. It's funny talking to uh, – so Lance Reddick has a little tiny part in a movie called The Guest, which we saw. And uh, I, I think I remember Adam Wingard saying that when he brought Lance Reddick in for just a couple of days of shooting, Lance Reddick had no idea what kind of movie this was. <laughs> like yeah. he just showed up. <laughs> Do you, he, wait. He didn't yeah. – he was just playing like a government agent. He had no concept of what was going on with the rest of the movie. <laughs> uh, so I, I he just – said. Uh-huh. At, at, I was at the same thing you were at, and I remember when Lance he goes afterwards at the Q and A. Yep. He's all, he goes. I noticed you recut it. You made it funny. That's pretty smart. This the movie was terrible before. Right, 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 right. It's like, <laughs> like you saved it. Good work. He goes. You've been editing. You fixed it there. And he looked at him like, yeah, you sly dog. Because right. he thought so. Lance Reddick thought the movie was a piece of shit while he was shooting it. He's like, yeah. they, they're all play it straight. And he's like, what? Play this right. straight? You right, insane. Right. So yeah, I thought that was cute. So I like oh, the idea right. of, of involving him in the fights, but just the physicality of having poor Lance Reddick like stand there with a gun just doesn't wasn't really working. He's for me. a fat but, old man. Got to got to give him some props. Totally worked for me because I'm 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 just a huge Lance Reddick fan. Yeah. And, and Chris Chris uh, Markinson, uh, one of our writer inner, writer inners, says um, that he was happy that Lance Reddick got to join in the fighting and liked it first that they shamed it the right stopping power for the attackers. Um, so I don't, I, I didn't miss, I didn't see what you're talking about, Tom. You got to I, do I something besides things. watch the dog. So they worked Lance Reddick into the plot. So there's exciting. a movie, there's a movie I don't recommend called the domestics, which is kind of like a post apocalyptic satire thing. It's not very good, but it's got a great Lance Reddick appearance where I think that they, understand and cash in on in terms of action sequences and firepower uh lance reddick's appeal m- much better uh so uh, i thought how so w- well so his character shows up and rescues someone and there's something super almost like paternal and avuncular about him uh-huh. uh and yet he's like heavily armed and well I, i'll go ahead and ruin it. like it turns out he's a bad guy like so so you get this sense of yeah lance Reddick is a cool guy and he's got all these guns and he's here to help people but over the course of the movie it turns out he's, like, he's an evil cannibal and he's going to capture people and kill them uh i just think it's a great reversal for here's lance Reddick as as you expect him to be and now here he is with his like menacing self uh like in this movie it's here's lance Reddick as a super officious efficient crisp a formal guy, and now we're going to throw him in a gunfight, and we don't really know how to do it, so we're just going to have him hold the gun and shoot every now and then. Like, it could be, it really could have been Ian McShane doing the stuff that Lance Reddick did. Just as uh, term, no, in you, terms of physicality. You know, you know what I was thinking during it? That's it was like, question. this is like if Hal, this is what Halloran, I thought, was going to do when he got back to the Overlook in The Shining. So it felt like, because they're in a hotel, oh, yeah, it yeah. was kind of like Scatman Crothers, and so I thought, oh, this is like, <laughs> Halloran was a badass in The Shining. This is when he comes in with a shotgun. Jack Torrance and all the ghosts, like shoots all the ghosts. Yeah, like it's being a John Woo Shining. Yeah. I mean, partly too. I mean, this really is a movie for stuntmen. And they they didn't cast Lance Reddick for 
in a good for that reason. No, no, in a very good way, exactly. So that when you have someone in an action sequence who's not a stuntman, and I can't think of any – I mean, they, Halle Berry did the homework. It seems she was great. Uh, but yeah, when you have someone oh, yeah. in there who's really – that's not his strong point and not something that he's used to doing, t- to me it shows. Um, and I just don't feel like we needed to have him out there shooting. Um, well, like you said, like the knife fight's the first thing we see, and we're like, oh, the whole movie's going to be like this, and then it's kind of like the best fight in the movie. Right, right. Yeah. Um, when you say you thought she did the homework, do you think that she studied Krav Maga? Or? Oh, no, I just think that she's uh, obviously like – fit and young and she she can move around and she you know that there was a lot of choreography with like one long shot you know with lance reddick they just did a couple of quick shots there were no super long tracking shots like with the dogs you know halle berry that's serious choreography um and you saw that was halle berry there doing all of that stuff uh with lance reddick you could tell they just edited around him and uh, sort of spliced in shots of him shooting someone and that's Um, the last fight um, don't they the do Yul the Brenner stuff with fight. yeah 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 I think that's supposed to be like the last fight right yeah eh, I know see that's the thing in the last fights one you don't really want to watch well I, that's also too I, I just see that guy get killed <laughs> yeah I didn't want no, exactly Kelly one I didn't want to see him get killed I didn't want to see him lose like I wanted there to be some like he and comes the second over one is black friends in the middle that's fights in the middle of the I, I was hoping maybe he'd come over to John Wick's side or something uh but yeah, it's like it really is like they just set him up to be uh, just a an evil villain who has to get killed at the end. They leave us with John Wick getting shot out a window and then saying dialogue to Lawrence Fishburne. Like it'd be funny if that was the end of the like that's the end of the trilogy and we're not making a fourth. Like, right. The ending right. you had in mind. That's right. the, Infinity War is the last comic book movie. <laughs> <laughs> then you talk about it in that context because otherwise we're just. I don't know. It's, I feel like the what Kiernan said about After Infinity, we're like, why don't they just make a giant five-hour movie? Like, just put John Wick 4 after this one. <laughs> make it a three-hour John Wick movie. Like, it felt short, but the good parts are really good. How, so, what's the time lapse between John Wick 1 and 2? Do we know? How long it took to make? No, no, as far years. as, like, when does... Oh. What's the what's the time? How much time passes between the events of those two movies? That same night, because it opens with him bringing the car back, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't think so. Because yeah. I like the idea that this is all in the space of a few days. A I, 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 I would have loved for that to be the case, but yeah. I mean, I guess he has well, to this... fly to Morocco, so. Unless they have some special super futuristic transportation <laughs> that we have. Super seen. They have a quib jet. No, that's that's this isn't the Marvel universe. Yeah. The table, Tom. Because <laughs> I think the dog is bigger in the second movie. And then uh, the Italian dude shows up at his house. Who's the Italian dude? Like, where did he come from? Was he just like a, a sidekick or? No. So he had a coin. Right. Yeah, the the idea is that he's he's got John Wick's marker and he's getting this is you're a major objection. Right. Um, he's getting him to kill his sister, and John Wick says, "No, I'm not going." Oh, that's him. Monica Bellucci, right? I'm not going to do that. Um, Wait, but he so, does it anyway? And he uh, does do it. Oh, good lord, John. <laughs> and she knows it's going to happen. Well, it's this like, is after right. his house gets blown up. Yeah, but then why? You could have just then, done it and not have your house blown up. Yeah, well, he he just... That's he, smarter. He had gotten out of the business, and everybody never said, get out. once you tip your 
toe back into the water, that's that. And that's how they saw the first movie. So John Wick gets his house blown up, and he cuts his finger off, and he still does what what they will hire him to do. It doesn't yeah. get paid. Does <laughs> <laughs> it for free? Because he's angry. He's kind of like the Boba Fett of the John Wick movies. What's the great is that he still has all that all those coins buried underneath his burned down house. Is that true? See. Does he live at the Continental now, even though McShane <laughs> shot him? Does that get a discount rate? He lives yeah, in the Bowery that's now. That's true, because one of the things yeah, that the happens Bowery in the second the movie is that he re-cements his coins back underneath. Uh, and he picks up new coins from this weird uh, Hasidic tailor shop uh, that he's saved coins from. See, The Empire Strikes Back is the John Wick. Run <laughs> out the garbage. Uh, so, Dingus, I, who who did we uh, who were the the folks that we made see this? Chris Markinson, uh, Brian, Be- who was the other one who wrote Ben it? Halliburton. Ben Halliburton. Um, right. He really liked the uh, fight with the Malaysian knife fighters a lot. Uh, he liked the knife warehouse fight uh, with. It's pro. I like that. I like how Ben puts this with its prologue of impromptu gunsmithing. Oh yeah, yeah, right. That was, uh, yeah, that yeah. was kind of cool too. Yeah. I like yeah. That. I love the. It's way. good value. It's good value. John Wick Parabellum's good value, Tom. Come on. Like uh, it. Like it more. <laughs> uh, the bulletproof soldiers who had to be shot in the neck is the worst. Uh, Why? Why is that bad? He just doesn't like it. Uh, but the Casablanca fight where the leaping dog saves our heroes 10,000 times. Awesome. Is almost as bad. No, I stood up and went, nice. <laughs> Love that bit. Yeah. I the mean. Great. What were the dogs' names? Do we know? What does Halle Berry name those dogs? Oh, she did have names for them. You're right. Oh crap! Because you're gonna have uh, to see it a third time. I'm gonna see it a third time. Let me know. Because yeah. there's a moment that happens that never ever happens with my dog, where she's standing there and one of her dogs like runs up between her legs to go attack somebody. <laughs> uh, dogs don't usually do that. They do in a SeaWorld show, Dingus. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. It's Dog World. Yeah. All the walls are just high enough for dogs to run up and kill someone <laughs> on top. That's where that guy lives. That's why he wants a dog. It's like a dog theme park. He's you know what? Okay, I'm back to liking John Wick 3 now that we talk right, about the good. dogs. Yeah. There's uh, dumber shit than this, Tom. Come on. Oh, no, 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 no. To be fair, yeah, absolutely. I've seen so many worse action movies. Yeah. yeah. So Chris Markinson thinks that the final hand-to-hand fights, first with the two guys and then with the main henchman, took too long. Yeah, I'm. I'm no with, fight I'm takes too there. long. What? Mm, no. I don't if, if you don't have That's anything new drunk. to bring to the table, I mean, it, it, yeah. all Get they it. did here is they kept they kept th- <laughs> is they kept throwing each other through the stand up glass displays. Like, I oh my that. god! I laughed every time, and the audience laughed. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, we don't laugh at the same stuff. So when, That's, when I laugh, that's why. That's why I think this is sort of. Uh, comedy. You're right. A comedy. A, like a upgrade. Hysterical comedy. Yeah, a little bit of an absurdity going on here. Yeah. Even the talking uh, scenes are funny. Whether they're intended. Okay, the hunt line's bad, but like the Angelica Houston stuff with I thought was kind of funny. Like her whole. She had. She was a mysterious figure. 
I, I was honestly looking at during that scene going, is that Angelica Houston? No, it's obviously not. And then, wait a minute, is that Angelica? No, it's obviously not. Like, <laughs> what did you think it was? I didn't know. It's Angelica some old Klein? Russian woman. No, I, I yeah. Oh. You know, when, when people talk different, I don't think it's them anymore. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> I, by the way, Kelly, I loved the Costner-Schwarzenegger interaction. I, I, I don't know if we should break those guys up or not, but uh, I, that, that was, that was I think cold. Arnold was just a little shit-faced because it was John Wick. <laughs> Normally, when they sit through a, a, rom- a rom-com, like, long shot. So did you see oh. that? You, you referenced it last week. Did you see the footage of the guy <laughs> drop-kicking uh, Schwarzenegger's back? Yeah. He, well, he barely moves. It, like Schwarzenegger's just like a he's a freaking monolith. Yeah. <laughs> he just, and he didn't press charges. Like no. Oh, of course not. No, he's such a good-natured guy. About? He's awesome. So he was at a there's some initiative that he's that he does in in Johannesburg for South African Fitness, and he was just there for I, I don't know if it was an award ceremony. It was just some ceremonial Charity. show up. I thought it was security of Maybe that's how they he, spun it. <laughs> it was something right. Well, yeah, it was something like that. So he shows up there, and some crazy guy comes running in. Uh, and just runs up behind Schwarzenegger and just does a drop kick, two feet planted directly into Schwarzenegger's back, uh, while yeah, he's got his behind. back turned. Yeah, and and uh, I guess it was it a slight... bounced off of him. Well, that's the thing is Schwarzenegger just sort of it, Schwarzenegger basically moved as if he had slightly stumbled over a crack in the sidewalk. Like he yeah. he sort of leans forward a little bit because the guy's like massive, and I don't know if the fellow who kicked him, but and then the guy just started ranting. So I don't know if it was some homeless guy or it was some political protester. Uh, but there's footage because Schwarzenegger was doing some Snapchat thing or he's taking video. Uh, so there's footage from different angles of this guy launching himself into Schwarzenegger's back and Schwarzenegger barely. Uh, moving, yeah. And wow. he jokes about it. Oh, he's so good-natured about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of course. I, I, oh, no, I, man hit me, it felt like a grain of sand. <laughs> <laughs> Is he in the next Terminator? Yeah. It's mm. Linda Hamilton and James Cameron produced. Well, Mackenzie Davis. Ra- Mackenzie Davis is the reason to be excited about it. Yeah, I don't care about anything else about it, but yeah. So, so if you retcon out movies, you, sh- you owe us the ticket money for them. <laughs> so when I you show up, salvation, but I may still try to collect my ticket. Right, when you show up to Dark Future, if you show your ticket stubs for the ones that are retconned out, that's applied to the price of your Dark Future ticket. Very good, Kelly Wand. Dark like that. Future, isn't that what it's called? Probably. Also, uh, X Men without Wolverine. Ugh. Whatever. Um, yeah, a lot of bad movies. Oh, that Phoenix one with Sophie Turner. Bleh. Yeah, Sansa is gonna. Stuff. Dark Wolverine Fate. was a big part of that in the comics. Kelly wanted it's so. it's a Terminator Dark Fate. I don't know why you were thinking it was Dark Future. I'm an idiot, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for being so stupid. <laughs> Dingus, uh, yeah. What is next so, week? Yeah, John Wick. John Wick three. Yeah, Dingus. What is John Wick 3. next week's three by three? Next week's three by three is your top three gloves in movies, but you don't have to do three. Um, for those this rubber you... bend over dingus now. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, dingus. Please continue. I don't know what the hell right. happened. Uh, three of us have to do three, but those of you who are writing in do not have to do three. You can do as many. Uh, you can do as few as you want. If you want, if you have one glove that you love, uh, go ahead and send that in, and you can send it into three x three at quarter to three dot com. And get those to us before uh, June 2nd, 
Pacific, uh, Midnight Pacific, and we'll read those on the air and include them in our podcast. So join us next week for our favorite gloves, and we'll also each be talking about a movie that we've seen before then. Uh, I am Tom Chick. I have been here with Christian Molosky. It's Christian Molosky. And Kelly Wand. Shut up, fools, mate. So messed up. I want you here. I like Benji the dog because he has to use his wits. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have what? Eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Oregai 6? Is that a question, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. Fealty. Let's do this. Dingus. Pigeon coop. Mm. Oh, jeez. Come to my pigeon coop, Dingus. I show you my glove to the fifth joint. Arnold, please. <laughs>